morning, you guys, and happy Saturday. It is Amanda and Barron with Kicking Cancer Cares. I want to give a huge shout out to our sponsors of this first half, which is Breezy HVAC for all of your air conditioning and heating needs. They're absolutely amazing. And Oddmo's Pizza because, well, you really just can't go wrong with pizza. Right, <laughs> right. <laughs> Good morning, Baron. How are you? Good. Always good to be back on Saturdays here. It is. It is. So, not really one of our sponsors, but a huge shout out to my friend who's in the studio with us, Bill Brown and Capital Emblem, because, uh, and we'll get a little bit more into this here soon, but uh, a little over four and a half years ago, I was looking for someone to try to create some t-shirts for me, and now we're at like 2,500 t-shirts Woo-hoo! that he's helped me create. So, just a couple. Just a just, couple Just shirts. a few. And every yeah. time I have an idea, he seems to figure out a way to make it happen. So anyway, good to have you here with us, Bill. Thanks. Uh, I'm glad to be here. Welcome, and Bill. Thank you. All right, so let's recap last week real quick. Okay, so I want to I want to read you some of Nolan DeHart's story, but from Nolan's words. Okay. So for those that listened last week, we talked about uh, this young man named Nolan DeHart, who I met at Cancer Awareness Weekend in 2019. Had never met him until actually the day of. The funny thing is he really was excited to throw that first pitch out. And he practiced and practiced and practiced from the pitcher's mound. (laughs) But they don't let you do it from the pitcher's mound. So he was over-prepared. Oh, he threw right over top of the catcher's head. Oh, that's (laughs) awesome. But it was exciting to see the look on his face getting to throw that first pitch out. Uh, And as we get into a little bit more of the story uh, with Bill here with us, um, Bill's son Michael has had the chance for that first pitch out as well. I love it. I love how they do that. Just That's a special little touch for sure. But from Nolan's perspective, he writes that on December the 8th, 1995, I was diagnosed with, and I'm hoping to say this right, is acute lymphoblastic like uh, leukemia. It's also known as ALL or childhood leukemia. Okay. Uh, he says the good news was that it was the, quote, best kind of childhood cancer to get. I know, I know. That's like a, that's a weird statement to say inside of a what? sentence. <laughs> you you literally left me speak just there. I'm not sure that works, but okay. Um, he says, if I had been diagnosed 20 years earlier, there would have been no real successful treatment and barely yeah. a chance of living. Yeah. Now, due to years of research, I was going to be facing a protocol of a 97% survival rate. Wow, that's high. Yeah. That's high. So we are winning the war on cancer in some aspects, and this is definitely one of them. But I want to touch on a couple of things that he talks about. He says the first stage of treatment was called induction. Okay. He says the short version meant a painful bone marrow test, numerous spinal taps with chemo induced into my central nervous system, blood transfusions, chemo that made me nauseous, Surgery to install a port in my chest and lots of steroids. Jeez. And that was the first phase. (laughs) Again, you're speechless. (laughs) That is a big phase. That's a huge phase. Well, here's the amazing thing about that phase. He was two and a half years old. What's... So kids are so resilient, and they really do bounce back. Um, when my son was in the hospital, that was the one thing that they kept reassuring me is that he is a child, and even though he is little, he is mighty yeah. with his mm-hmm. healing powers. Yeah. So at two and a half, he went through that. 
uh, he said the next six months is what his mother called hell on earth. Mm-hmm. And as Bill tells us a little bit more about his sons, I think that he might agree with that. Statement. I would I would agree with that. Yeah, <laughs> definitely. I, w- I would agree as well. Yeah. So that next next phase was called um, intensification treatment. Um, this is when my hair fell out. Hair fell out. I swelled up like a pumpkin. The protocol calls for many rounds of the most potent drugs as well as super steroids to knock down the immune system. I had to have my blood counts taken continuously to make sure that I had enough cells to oxygenate my blood, help my blood clot, and have enough white cells to survive. Mm -hmm. We spent a lot of time at Dornbeckers with hospitalizations for various complications. Yeah. Which I believe that's where Michael was too, isn't it? We spent a lot of time up there. Actually, in both hospitals. They have the old hospital that was uh, on the top floors of OHSU, and then they built their own wing, so they had their own. own. But he didn't get to spend much time there because they kicked him out. (laughs) He got too old. (laughs) Oh. But but we do have a great facility in the state of Oregon when you're talking about childhood cancer. We do. um, He says the last stage... Uh, when this stage was finally over, I was given months to recover, then put on the maintenance phase. The entire process took three and a half, three years, three months. Okay. So it ended when he was six years old. Okay. He starts first grade. He goes about his life. You know, typical young kid thing to do. Uh, then he mentions that in middle school, he was doing his self check mm-hmm. and discovered that. The blood cancer likes to hide in the testicles. That's right. For some reason. Yep. Mm-hmm. Right? Um, so then they realized that it was back. And or that it hadn't left. It, it hadn't left, right. more accurately. He said it already spread into my body and was back into his bone marrow. Jeez. So just before I turned 13, how old's your son, Amanda? 16. So this is about the so same I age. So I couldn't imagine, yeah. About the same age, okay? Mm-hmm. So now he started round two. The second time was much more difficult. Treated as a relapse, the strategy was much more aggressive. The, quote, big guns chemo was my only choice. Um, I often had less than enough red blood cells to live. I needed um, 24 blood transfusions. The inside of my mouth was like ground beef. It bled constantly. I suffered more complications and spent much more time in an inpatient in the hospital. So what's crazy to me is, so when he was, when he first went through all of this, he was, he was very young, so young, probably didn't remember a lot of it, um, I would think would be safe to say. 13 years old going through that. Oh, he remembers a lot more That's that got to be so difficult with that age and where you're at in school and just life in general. Yeah. That's got to be very difficult. So the good news is by 15, it had gone into remission. Okay. And he's now, I think he's 30 years old now. So he is a childhood blood cancer survivor. But the last thing he says, he says he's now part of a childhood cancer survivorship group. Mm -hmm. And they're studying the long-term effects of chemotherapy. Right. On children. Okay. Is Michael part of that study group? No, he isn't. I I haven't heard about that. So that would be interesting to find out more information about that. In in Nolan's case, um, he's he's 30, 
but he has a skeletal system of a 70-year-old man. That's mm-hmm. right. Mm-hmm. That's right. Uh, yeah. You know, because at, and maybe this is the case with Michael, uh, because Michael had gone through most of it younger, but by the time Nolan was 12 and 13, those bu- those bones are developing. Right. And they're getting hit with chemotherapy. Mm. Yeah. So it's just beating them down very hard. Yeah. But the the reason I really wanted my friend Bill here is I asked Linda, which is Nolan's mother, mm-hmm. to write an article for our newsletter. Okay. But I said, I don't want you to tell Nolan's story. He already told him. Right. I want you to tell him what it's like to be the parent. Yeah. Of a kid going through cancer. I don't think a lot of people think of the parents during those times when a child's sick. Mm-hmm. And it's it takes such a big toll on parents. That people just, they don't realize it or they overlook it because they're looking at the patient, the child, the one who's sick. And it's like, it's a lot bigger than that. It has a really big ripple effect in so many different ways. Well, there was one ripple effect that Nolan doesn't get into, but his mom tells. Um, so she, she says that she was asked hundreds of times what it was like. She said, when my two-and-a-half-year-old son was diagnosed with leukemia, I really thought it was a mistake. Like, this happens to other people, but not my family. Mm -hmm. Um, Quickly, she got past that. She said the problem was she also had another little boy younger than Nolan. Okay. So they had his little brother, who's just weeks old, as they're going through this journey with Nolan Mm -hmm. at that young age. Um, She said that... When they went into the second phase, she calls it chapter two, seven years later, she said Nolan relapsed. I can say that the next two years were, quote, life in hell. Yeah. So, Bill, would you say the same thing? I would agree. Um, And when it comes to thinking of others, there's also the younger siblings that had to grow up. Even though they were younger, they didn't get much of a childhood as Michael's progression of chemotherapy and radiation went on, they had to grow up really quick. So you have how many kids younger than Michael? Uh, He has a sister and a brother. So So. in Nolan's case, there's a little brother. In Michael's case, there's two siblings. Mm -hmm. So what was it like for the siblings as you had to deal with all that? Uh, There was a lot of times that their needs didn't get met as much when they were younger, simply because we had to take care of Michael. So I don't want to say they were neglected, but yet they spent more time maybe at a grandma's or an aunt's house than with mom and dad, just simply because we had so much going on with Michael that we had to take care of it. Yeah. There's a program that you and I have talked about, Amanda, that um, Kicking Cancer, we started to launch it, then COVID hit, so we had to put it on hold, um, but we've officially launched it. We are applying for grants. It's called Pathways. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm excited because Pathways is going to bring volunteers in. In in Bill's case, they would help Michael's sister and brother. Mm-hmm. So right. So you can focus okay. on Michael. Yeah. And we bring volunteers to help with the siblings. Mm-hmm. So okay. the siblings don't get lost in the shuffle. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So I actually chose to only have one child uh, because when I my son was sick and we were uh, we went to Philadelphia to get his treatment um, and we were staying in a Ronald McDonald house um, and there was lots of families there that had multiple kids and um like you said not neglected but they were just it was all about the the sick child and um my son's was genetic and so we made a decision at that point like we wanted to have another child and if we did it was like so would we be here for another year with my son michael would we have would he have to be tagged you know so it, 
it it is hard for the other siblings. I could mm-hmm. only imagine um, because you do put so much focus on that child. So I've personally had a little bit of an ex- that that made it to where I not made. It. I only had one because of that. Yeah, because it was a lot, and I didn't know where the end of the road was going to be. Yeah, at that time. Well, one of my my favorite statements in, in recapping Nolan's story. Um, we stepped in. I met Nolan, and the fourth quarter, the last quarter of 2019, was Go Team Nolan. And we just said, you know what, you're going out doing your Christmas shopping. So we lined up several restaurants, a couple of the theaters, and if you went there, they donated part of the proceeds. Okay. And then we gave that check to Nolan. Um, and we invited the, the Salem Chamber to know about what we're doing. Mm-hmm. And so Nolan came. His mom, his dad, who I didn't realize at the time was his dad is Brent DeHart, who used to be the president of the Salem Chamber. Oh, yeah. So everybody knew who he was. <laughs> <laughs> and anyone who's been to any chamber events, you have a little tagline and, and just so they know who you are. And so we're going around the room and to get to me. And, and my tagline is that we're kicking cancer in the donkey. Oh, I was going to do it. We're kicking cancer in the... Donkey! There you go. <laughs> and the whole crowd says donkey. <laughs> Except when it got back to Nolan's dad... His dad said, well, I'm not as polite as Baron. <laughs> he says, my son kicked cancer in the ass. Good for him. Twice. Twice. Not once, <laughs> twice. So um, anyway, Nolan is lives in independence. He's a thriving young man. Uh, but I thought we could have a little discussion today with Bill because it is a different perspective talking to the parents. Oh, 100%. Absolutely. So, so you want some shocking facts? I do, I do. <laughs> she always locks the shocking facts. Um, and this actually applies to childhood cancer as well. Okay. So this is from the National Institute of Health. Um, the most recent I could find is 2018, so it's a little outdated. But it's estimated that 15,590 children, which is 0 to 19, will get diagnosed with cancer. Jeez. And 1,780 of them will pass away. That's a tough number. So Any ch- amount. Childhood cancer is still very prevalent. Very. Um, it says that improved treatments were introduced in the 60s and 70s, and they've raised a survival rate of a child cancer diagnosis. Specifically, it mentions acute lymphoblastic leuke- like leukemia, which is the one that Nolan had. Mm-hmm. In 1975, there was a 57% survival rate. Whoa. Now there's a 92%. Mm. That's huge jump. Mm-hmm. That's amazing. Yeah. So the re- even though the treatment's harsh, the results are working and they're and they're, they're surviving. Right. Um, and, and it that's goes what a little, matters yeah, at the end of the day. It does. It does make a difference. The other one I thought was interesting was there's an article from AARP that I brought in. <laughs> okay. It's called "The War on Cancer Turns 50. Oh, all right. So President Nixon started the National Institute of Health in 1971. Mm-hmm to try to combat this growing problem called cancer. At the time, there were 600,000 new cases. Last year, there were 2 million. Jeez. So I'm not sure we're winning this war. Uh Most definitely not. The the graph looks like this. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Um, But some takeaways from the article. Um, It says that cancer remains the number one killer in Hispanics and Asian Americans. Really? And women in their 50s. And everyone between 60 and 80. Wow. In your lifetime, you have a risk of getting cancer one in two. You or me, Bill. Mm -hmm. (laughs) One in two men and one in three women will get cancer. 
That's really high. So part of why I started getting cancer was to stop that trend. That's, like a, that's a 50% chance. Yeah, there's right there's, here there's two guys in this room, and based upon this, one of us is going to get cancer. Jeez. I don't know if we're winning this war. <laughs> you, you're having trouble swallowing all of That's sad. That's, yeah. that's, that's way too high. It's way too it high. That's, yeah. um, the other one I thought was interesting, it says that an estimated 20 to 40% of cancer cases and half of all cancer deaths could be eliminated with steps like not smoking, getting some exercise, avoiding too much alcohol, maintaining a healthy body weight, a lot of things that we talk about at Kicking Cancer. Mm-hmm. And inside this article, you'll find this interesting. They, your, our listeners can't see it, but you can. Mm-hmm. Um, they list things that you should do. Exercise more. Always. We've talked about that. Yep. Right? Uh, 21% lower risk of breast cancer by just getting some exercise. Mm-hmm. 19% lower chance of colon cancer. It says, try yoga. That's a tough one. Reduce your stress. <laughs> I've tried yoga. It, it's, it, I think it was more stress during it. Yeah. <laughs> um, it says, eat your vegetables. Or your juice plus. Or your juice plus, yeah. Mm-hmm. And the last one says, sleep seven to nine hours a night. Um, that will 22% lower your risk of breast or ovarian cancer. Wow, 22%, huh? By getting proper rest. Wow. Mm. But I think it's interesting that those are the things we talk about getting cancer, too. Yeah. Those yeah. are four of the five things we talk about. Oh, absolutely. Um, so, yeah, I just think it's interesting that this article backs up a lot of stuff that we've been talking about on our show. Mm-hmm. Uh, you just saying smoking and not drinking, so I quit smoking cigarettes. Gross. I know I used to smoke. Ew. Uh, I think I'm four years without smoking cigarettes, which is a big deal. And I'm coming up on a year with no alcohol, which is also a big deal. Uh, started taking my juice plus. Uh, I eat mushrooms like you wouldn't believe now. Since you were we pretty did. excited about that mushroom statement, weren't you? <laughs> I was. So I've been making mushrooms almost every night now. Yeah. So because I love them so stinking much. Well, I don't know if Bill heard this episode or not, but Brenda called in from Arizona. Oh, okay. And we were talking through some foods, mm-hmm. and mushrooms came up, and. You, Mandy, you ask if they were better off cooked or raw. Right, because I, I assume normally that vegetables, well, I think I've just always been told or assumed that they're just better raw. Mm-hmm. You lose a lot of the nutrients when you cook them. You cook it out of it sure. almost. But Brenda said that the cooked mushrooms are more powerful. Oh, great. I, so my sautéed mushrooms are, are, are that, that's just it. fine. Right. That's, that's, your, that's your anti-cancer food right there, Billy. <laughs> <laughs> Those mushrooms. <laughs> yeah. Does it matter that the Chardonnay goes in with them also? Or? Shh. Uh, that, no. we, we, we won't talk about that part. <laughs> well, actually, what I do know about cooking is any of the alcohol in the Chardonnay got cooked out. It got cooked out. So now it's just flavor. Yep. Oh, there you go. Yep. Yep. And, and I'll just justify my way with that with story. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, I think the mushrooms have been a big deal. Yeah, just self-care in general. When you take care, and I think that I've been trying to tackle that a little bit more since you've been teaching me so much. Um, The shocking information is actually indeed very shocking sometimes. It's like, wow, okay, I can do better. I need to do better. And so I've been applying it, and I feel better, much better. Well, it's interesting as I try to find stuff to bring in for the show, how shocking some of it is even for me to to read. I know. (laughs) you. bring in and talk about so uh in that article i I wanted to bring up one more thing from the article it does have a little graph in here and it shows 
some of the cancers that we're making a progress on. Okay. Oh, there you go. So, uh, let's see. In 1975, you had a 66% chance of surviving prostate cancer. Okay. Now you have a 98% chance. Wow. wow. So wow. we're making progress with That's prostate huge. cancer. That's huge. Uh, Non-Hodgkin's lymphoma, which is a version of blood cancer. In 1975, you had a 46% chance of surviving. Now you have a 76% chance of surviving. Okay, I was going to say, blood cancer, I feel like, is a hard one because it just hits your organs so fast well, that it and, feels like it just goes through everything very quickly. And we'll get more into Michael's story, but there's three ways that we typically attack cancer. We cut the tumor out, we burn it out with radiation, or you poison it out. When it comes to your blood, you kind of only have one option. And that's poison it out? Well, yeah, because you can't cut the blood out. Right, yeah. right. And you can't burn it out with radiation. Right. you got to do the chemotherapy, mm-hmm. right? Uh, so that was a big deal. Um, colon cancer was a 49%, and now it's a 69%. Okay. And because you mentioned Juice Plus, in my opinion, colon cancer is one of the most preventable because if it's bad coming in, it's bad going out. Mm-hmm. So eat better. <laughs> you got better stuff going across the colon. Yep. Right? Um, the other one that's really big is breast cancer. There was a 75% survival, and there was a 92% survival okay. of breast cancer. And breast cancer is not just for women. I think that's mm-hmm. a, uh, I think a lot of men that, that get breast cancer don't talk about it. Right. And uh, maybe because they're embarrassed, I'm not sure. Maybe it's just been such a label on as a woman's thing. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's very much out there for men as well. It's, I think it's the number two leading cancer deaths. Uh, that, I check that for sure. Can- I, I know that one in 300 men get breast cancer. Yeah, that's, that's pretty high. Yeah. Mm-hmm. The one that kind of surprised me in this little chart is in 1975, if you got lung cancer, you had an 11% Chance of surviving. Wow. Not a very good chance. And what year was this? I'm sorry. 1975. Okay. But now it's only a 22% chance. So lung cancer is still not an easy cancer to beat. No. Um, And I just recently learned that the number one cause of lung cancer is still smoking. Mm -hmm. But the number two cause is radon. What's that? So you both look a little perplexed. <laughs> I know I've heard of radon. I just so remember. there is a gas that's elim- in, in, emitted from the ground, and it's odorless, it's colorless. You would you would get it in your house if your house was built on a section that had radon. Oh, you typically get your ca- your house tested for carbon monoxide, mm-hmm. but they can test your house for radon. Okay. Okay, and um, there's a friend of mine here in town that does radon testing. If your house has radon and you are a smoker, you now have a one in three chance of getting lung cancer. Wow. wow. What's scarier is if you, are, if you have radon in your house and you're not a smoker, you have a one in 10 chance. Oh, wow. So smoking really does a number on it. Yeah. So smoking, the, it, it, the radon is more powerful because you are smoking. Right. But even if you're not smoking, you have it's... a one in 10 chance of getting lung cancer because of the radon in your house. Wow. So I think that's part of it. Mm-hmm. My other theory here is there is a chemical they started spraying on apples and tomatoes to make them stay red, stay firm longer in the grocery right, stores. Right, like that wax type yeah, of... Yeah, that kind of waxy stuff. Mm-hmm. That waxy stuff was designed for the production of plastic. Oh. It wasn't designed to be consumed. 
I believe it. And when they tested it, it affects your respiratory system. Really? So maybe that's why COPD's gone up, lung cancer, because we're eating these apples with that spray on it to make them look better in the grocery store. Yeah. Keep them fresher, longer. Yeah. No good. Yeah. So that was the one that really surprised me was we really haven't made any progress on lung cancer. Yeah, 11 to 22%. Over the course of 40 years. My husband's grandmother yeah, he proudly wears that white shirt, by the way. He does. He loves that shirt. So thank you so much for that. Yeah. He, that was uh, touching to him, uh, representing her cancer, just bringing awareness to it by just wearing that shirt. So yeah, pretty well, awesome. In our, in our few minutes before we go on break, I do want to spend a little more time introducing my friend Bill because I, I had this crazy idea to do this, and I wanted a few T-shirts, and I went to some networking group, and this guy he says, well, I make T-shirts. Well, Bill, do you know that we have now made over 2,500? 2,500. We started out with what? Seven. Well, we, it's actually, we started out with two. That's true. We did. Brenda <laughs> had one, one and I had you, one. One for you, one for Brenda. That's, That's right. how we started. So you wanted a logo, so we created a logo. So we made it a look. So. Yeah. Well, and uh, this was really kind of a God thing for Bill, but Bill bought that logo. Okay. For like $12. Something. It wasn't... wasn't no. Tremendous. But, right. you know. but if he hadn't done that, that means that some company in L.A. or New York or whatever would have owned that donkey. So we'll get oh, more wow. into that after the break. All right. I'm going to cut you off because I'm going to shout out our sponsors, Breezy HVAC, for all your heating and cooling needs in Oddmo's Pizza because, well, pizza's just so stinking good. Mm-hmm. 